You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash Zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash Zabe. Just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. There is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.com. A-G. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come latelys. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know. In a million ways. Better lines, better payouts, less rules. You name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Now, make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money, but if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, Fine, you can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today. Today on the ZABEcast, golf nerds are tracking Tiger Woods' private jet like NORAD is tracking Santa Claus. So will he play at Augusta next week? We'll see. I talked to Gary Williams, formerly of the Golf Channel, who also happens to be a rabid Tar Heel fan. He'll talk all about the big rivalry and showdown coming with Duke. Plus, it's the Springfield monorail of rule changes. Your 30-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Wednesday, March 30th, 2022. Thank you for downloading. So, Will Smith has apologized. And I would say it's a genuine apology. It includes two words that are always important, crucial words for an apology. I'm sorry, right next to each other. And then he also mentioned uh, Chris Rock by name. However... The fallout continues, and the side stories continue. I saw a story that apparently, according to one poll, more people think the whole thing was Chris Rock's fault than it was Will Smith. 
And I'm thinking to myself, are you people nuts? Do you not remember Ricky Gervais when he hosted the Golden Globes and the speech he gave there and how savagely he went after everybody and everything? Now, again, it's not the Oscars, but still, it's one of the all-time flamethrowers of a speech you've ever heard. Including jokes I can't even believe he said. But the finish was especially good when it comes to uh, Ricky Gervais's speech. Here's the final two and a half minutes. And fuck off, okay? Oh, sorry. <laughs> this was saw one that said, this is the worst thing to happen to cats since dogs, right? <laughs> But Dame Judi Dench defended the film, saying it was the role she was born to play, because she... I can't do this next joke. <laughs> Listen to this. Because she loves nothing better than plonking herself down on the carpet, lifting her leg, and licking her own minge. <laughs> furble, furble. She's old school. Um, it's the last time, who cares? You kept saying that. I'm not hosting this again. It's the oh. last time. Apple roared into the, the TV game with a morning show. A superb drama, yeah. A superb drama about the importance of dignity and doing the right thing, made by a company that runs sweatshops in China. So, well, you say you're woke, but the companies you work for, I mean, unbelievable. Apple, Amazon, Disney. If ISIS started a streaming service, you'd call your agent, wouldn't you? So, if you do win an award tonight, don't use it as a, a platform to make a political speech, right? You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. So, if you win, right, come up, accept your little award, thank your agent and your god, and fuck off, okay? I mean, that right there is the way it's done. Absolutely savage. There was a Tom Hanks reaction bite where he's just like, mm, I don't know about this. Now, of course, the Golden Globes has been canceled because they kept snubbing African-American actors and actresses, and then nobody wanted to host, and then they're like, well, shit, we can't even have the award show now. Ricky Gervais might have helped kill it, which is probably not a bad thing. Oh, by the way, Chris Rock is going on tour. Tickets are now selling briskly for his appearances. When Jada Pinkett Smith is ready to talk about this on her podcast, the same one in which she admitted to the world, yes, I have been with other men. That will be widely downloaded. And Will Smith has his redemption arc now set. Looks like everyone's going to make out all right in this whole thing. Oh, and then there's this. Who knows if this is true? We'll have to see. But I saw one nugget that said that Pfizer, our good friends at the Pfizer Corporation, you know, makers of wonderful life-saving injectable drugs, may have an alopecia product coming out soon, and that it sure is helpful. There's a big public incident regarding alopecia, that could help move product. 
Why do you think drug companies advertise so much? They advertise for conditions that, like mine, rheumatoid arthritis, Enbrel, and Humira. It's like, if you have RA, trust me, you've already gone to the doctor, and you're like, God damn, my joints are killing me. What's going on? And they do blood work, and they run tests, and they go, yeah, you got RA. Here's what you need to take. And then they prescribe it. You don't need advertising for it, but then again, you do. Because there's a lot of people that do have joints that are killing them that don't think about going to the doctor, and they're not on Humira or Enbrel. So they advertise. That's why they do it. I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. We shall see. Meanwhile, the big story on Tuesday was the NFL has changed over time again. At least in the postseason. Again. This is so stupid. This is the Springfield monorail of rule changes. And it passed with overwhelming numbers. Like 29 to 3. Here's how it's going to work. Kevin Seifert, ESPN.com. A majority of NFL decision makers arrived at the Breakers Hotel this week, willing to adjust overtime in some fashion, largely in reaction to public outcry after the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Buffalo Bills in overtime during the divisional playoff round with an opening opening possession touchdown. You, of course, remember that game was bonkers back and forth down the stretch in the final two minutes, and then in overtime, the Chiefs marched right down the field. The Colts... And Eagles proposed a mandatory possession for both teams in all games, including the regular season. But the competition committee chairman, Rich McKay, said there was not enough support among owners to pass that rule unless it was amended to be just the postseason. So they did amend it, and it passed 29-3. to The three teams that said no were a weird collection of teams, like the Dolphins and the Raiders and somebody else. Doesn't matter. Since the requirement for an opening possession touchdown was instituted for the 2012 regular season, teams winning the coin toss have won 50% of the time. Oh, really? The number has ticked up to bit to 54% since the league shortened overtime from 15 minutes to 10 minutes. But the postseason is a different animal. Since uh, the... uh, Since the previous playoff format was implemented in 2010, 7 of 12 overtime games have been won on the opening possession. 7 of 12. Why, that's just a little bit more than 6 of 12, which would be half. 10 of those 12 were won by the team that won the coin toss. To which I say, who fucking cares? If 7 of 12 overtime games in the playoffs have been won by the team that won the coin toss or on the opening possession, I should say, because I assume if you win, if you win the game on the opening possession, it means you won the coin toss. Then the postseason format is perfectly fine. It's damn near 50, 50. So whether, who cares if 10 of the 12 ended up being won by the team that won the coin toss. It just means they got a second stab at scoring to win the game, which will still be the case under the new format. McKay acknowledged that a total of 12 games is not a large sample size. No shit. But it was significant enough to prompt a change. Oh, 12 is significant enough. 
What would seven have been enough? What about nine? Eleven? Could you get away with just five as a sample size? Twelve. The idiocy is just amazing. But again, this is because the fairies have taken over. Mike Tomlin, now on the competition committee, I love this guy, had the opposite view. He said, he's a traditionalist. I don't fear sudden death, said Tomlin. I don't want to have to stand in front of my team in the most significant moment of the game and explain to them how and why it's different or to remind those guys of the rules. The closer that we can remain to traditional football, I'm going to be in alignment with that. Fantastic. Of course, his opinion did not carry the day. The fairies have won. So now in overtime in the playoffs, both team, both teams get a chance to touch the ball. The first team, if they score a touchdown, will then hand the ball to the other team who can also score a touchdown, which if they do, then the first team that scored the touchdown now gets the ball and it's suddenly sudden death. So it's just going to end up right back where you had it before. Again, the monorail of rule changes. Overtime, 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 overtime. You know, a town with money's a little like the mule with a spinning wheel. No one knows how he got it, and danged if he knows how to use it. (laughs) (laughs) Mule. The name's Lanley, Lyle Lanley. And I come before you good people tonight with an idea. Probably the greatest... Oh, it's not for you. It's more of a Shelbyville idea. Now, wait just a minute. We're twice as smart as the people of Shelbyville. Just tell us your idea and we'll vote for it. All right. I tell you what I'll do. I'll show you my idea. I give you the Springfield monorail. <gasps> I've sold monorails to Brockway, Ogdenville, and North Haverbrook. And by gum, it put them on the map. Well, sir, there's nothing on earth like a genuine, bona fide, electrified six-car monorail. what I say? Monorail. What's it called? Monorail. That's right, monorail. 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 I hear those things are awfully loud. It glides as softly as a cloud. Is there a chance the track could bend? Not on your life, my Hindu Hindu friend. friend. What about us Brendan slobs? You'll be given cushy jobs. Were you sent here by the devil? No good, sir. I'm on the level. The ring came off my pudding can. Take my penknife, my good man. I swear it's Springfield's only choice. Throw up your hands and raise your voice. What's it called? Overtime! Overtime! Mom, the mob has spoken. Yeah. The mob has indeed spoken. Mono, don't. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, you know what are you gonna do? As much as I try to educate people on this, they just don't get it. Some of them, these games are just for fun. Even the pro games, they get paid the same for winning as they do losing with a little bit difference in the playoffs. Getting it right is overrated. Solly taught me that. And we're here for a good time, not a long time. Overtime is a mechanism to induce the end of the game, which is for fun. It is not to somehow achieve a mythical fairness. But alas, here we are. 
Remember the first time you broke 100 on the golf course? It's a big deal, right? You suck at golf, but you love it. You can't break 100. You break 100 for the first time, you're all into it. What about the first time you broke 90, if you're better than that? 80, 70. What do you think about baking a cake for yourself to celebrate the achievement? Dylan Deffier, writer for Golf Magazine, posted a picture of his friend Mitch, who broke 100 for the first time and baked himself a 96 golf cake to celebrate the accomplishment. It's like a really fancy looking cake with uh, a green on top with the number 96, a flag in it, and a little bunker, which is more orange than it is sand colored, but I guess that's all he had. And I mean, it looks like a pretty good cake. Reminds me of the great Abe Poland bite. Where's the cake? Bring out the cake. What's going on? I need the cake. Bake a cake because you broke a hundred. Only golf does this to us. All right. I had a chance to hook up with Gary Williams, formerly the Golf Channel. He now hosts a podcast called Five Clubs. It's about golf, and it's named after the five original private clubs in the U.S. that formed the USGA back in the day. You can search for it on your favorite platforms and on YouTube. And while you'll hear how and why he's such a rabid UNC fan, we first start with the golf nerd news of the day. All right, before we get to North Carolina versus Duke, Gary, we are tracking tail fin numbers as of this Tuesday morning. (laughs) Apparently, a plane owned by one Eldrick Tiger Woods has made its way northward from Hobe Sound, Florida to Augusta National. Is it happening? I ask you. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Wow. I mean, I love, I love that the tail tracker is back. Um, (laughs) I've missed it so much. Right. Uh, it's such a tizzy. I mean, I, I just, you know, I, I looked at my phone at like nine 30 and I'm talking about reputable media members, just, just giddy over, over the fact that his G 550 can't land at the, at the, the more intimate little airstrip that it's going to have to really actually go. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, His yeah. plane's yes. too big to land at the little airstrip in Augusta. It's got to go. <laughs> That's to, right. Oh wow. It's got to go to Bush. It's got to go to Bush. It's got to. Yeah. Unbelievable. Magnificent. It'll, it'll put it, it'll put a charge into the masters. Not that it needs it. It's golf's holiest week for sure. But who can you imagine the parlay, Gary, of I bet you Tiger will play in the Masters this spring and Phil will not? No, it's 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 extraordinary where we've we've gone in eleven months from his horrifying accident to Kiowa to to the Live Golf invitational meltdown to 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 where we are present day. I mean, for, for Phil to be told, and I, you know, everybody, I I was told this, uh, before the players that he got the word, why don't you sit this one out? Um, Oh, really? And from from who the green jackets? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, That's what I thought, Gary. Cause I said, they are all about protecting the tournament, the tournament, correct. The tournament, the tournament, the tournament (laughs) that comes first, (laughs) second, third, and last. So, 
yeah, unless unless Phil were to do an event beforehand and get it all out. Now you had Phil on your podcast, on your Five Clubs podcast, I believe. What a couple I did. months ago? Yeah, before I had this him blew on, up. It was when we when we when we launched. He was my first guest. It was the week before the Ryder Cup. He was actually he was at Whistling Straits with the team. And he was great about. It. I mean, I had asked him at the BMW at Cage Valley in August, um, and and that was the first time that he started talking about his misgivings about, you know, media rights um, and, and w- was, was willing to talk about, uh, you know, the, the Saudi initiative. And so it, it got a little bit of run then, and then people started to revisit it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that, that was kind of, I mean, I, that was kind of the start of people knowing that it was, it was a real thing for him. Now, like his numbers were completely, you know, ass backwards on, on, you know, the media rights right. and, and how much revenues go to the players right. as opposed to the tour, so on and so forth. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's so to think that he's looks, not going to, I mean, yeah. It's unless, crazy. unless Tiger can't go, like there's still that possibility. Yeah. And I assume he would take it easy during practice rounds, nine holes at most, I'm guessing, to Correct. get that leg in shape. And then he'll give it a go Thursday and Friday. But I'm not betting against a guy not finishing when he won the U.S. Open in uh what not 72 but 90 holes on one 90, leg not 91 91 holes, holes right <laughs> 18 extra plus uh sudden death after that against Rocco Mediate all right just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over oh no 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 there is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.com. A-G. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come latelys. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know. In a million ways. Better lines, better payouts, less rules. You name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Now, make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money, but if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, Fine, you can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We got Gary on today, not because of golf. But because when I worked with Gary in Charlotte, I quickly learned of his utter and fanatic fandom of the mighty Tar Heels of North Carolina, <laughs> which is a, an affinity that your late father, Buck, instilled in you. Talk to me. Yeah, he did. And, and you know, my father played baseball at the University of Florida. But when, we, when I was born, I was born in Hickory, North Carolina, Catawba County product. Uh, and, and my dad became very good friends. He actually lived across the street. It was a guy named Bill Chambers, who was the Converse rep. Now, for the kids out there, they're like, Converse? Converse. <laughs> now, let me tell you something. Converse gave, gave Nike free aside when it came to owning the college landscape <laughs> sure. in the 70s. Okay. Nike so was a running shoe cool. back then. It was that, not that a basketball correct. shoe. Converse that, with with the the bird magic, the you know the the, the black shoes for you bird. They, they had them yeah. all. Yeah. Isaiah Isaiah wore Converse. Right. Mark Aguirre wore Converse. I mean, everybody did. Of course, Michael wore Converse because he had to at North Carolina. But anyway, this guy Bill Chambers was he he had actually he, he may still hold the D, Division One record for the most rebounds in one game. He had fifty three. At William and Mary. So anyway, this guy was, he was the man. He was like the, the Sonny Vaccaro uh, of the 70s when it came to being connected to all these programs. So my dad, my dad liked Coach Smith. And so I, I started going to Carolina basketball camp. And that was the first time I saw James Worthy. I was 13 years old Oof. at Carmichael Auditorium. He was just finishing high school in Gastonia and they let him play in the council game. And he made Walter Davis look like an old man who was, uh, was an all-star. Yes. And I was, you know, he'd been in the league for a couple of years. So I just, you know, I, I was attracted to the program and Phil Ford was my guy who was the consummate point guard running four corners for coach Smith. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was, it's been in me and, Never in my lifetime, especially after 91, when it looked like, and even then in 91 in Indianapolis, I still didn't think it was going to happen. The fact that they've never met in the NCAA tournament. And now, really now, yeah. after all it's bonkers. Years, it's it's crazy. And, and particularly, Steve, on top of what transpired a month ago, yeah. which was, you talk about sweetness. I haven't <laughs> felt that way in decades. All of the, all of, all of the venom and the undercurrent of, of the, the way that I used to be when I was completely unhinged, including with you in March <laughs> of 98, being inside car, being inside Cameron in that little sweat box that when they <laughs> melted down against Steve Wojciechowski, uh, yeah, it all boiled up a month ago. And now here we, we got it again. And of all places in New Orleans, which has been very good to the North Carolina. Yes, 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 yes. So as a, as a heels fan, you know, for years, it was a fair fight. It was Titan versus rising Titan, Dean Smith versus K. And then the you know inevitable retirement came. Uh, Coach Gut had the team for what two years? Three, after, three afterwards, and did pretty well, right? 
two final fours. Yeah. Two two final fours, pretty good. Yeah. And yeah. then and then the program took a little walk in the woods uh, with the Doherty era, which was really, really bad. Yes. But you got it back together. You said, we're going to the well. We're going to get Roy out of Kansas. Took a hell of an effort, but you got him. And so then it was on again. It was a fair fight. Now you got Coach K finally retiring. Did you dream of this day as a Carolina fan? Not that your program is not on par with or equitable with Duke, but at least you, you know this pain in the ass who built this empire is finally <laughs> going to step down because we don't know what's going to happen next, right? No. Well, listen, uh, look, Shire, and I think part of it is, you know, I think it's coattails, but again, uh, look, they've, they, you watch the McDonald's game tonight, littered with Duke guys. I mean, he is locking in oh, five yeah. stars like crazy. So, you know, part as weird as this may sound, no, I wanted it to go on. Really? Because, yeah, I did. I did. I, I, and look, I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be Roy. I, you know, everyone talks about, you know, Bo Schimbeckler and Woody Hayes. That was 10 years. That's all it was. Now, for people who follow Michigan and Ohio State, they would have thought that they coached against each other for five decades. I wanted it to go on with Roy, and I get why Roy. With Roy, okay. Did, did, Roy, did Roy retire a bit too early, or is he not in no, great health? No, I don't think so. I think he was – I think that the transfer portal in conjunction with NIL oh, yeah. for a guy who is wired the way that he is uh, was just – it was overload for him. It, yeah. was ti- it was time. And I think – and I give him great credit to, 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 to walk away, don't do the victory tour – and, and, you know, Kay has, as much as he can say, and I actually, by the way, have come around because I had an experience with him. And my wife was like, Julie's like, wait a second. This is like alternate universe This is here. Satan. This is basketball this is Satan. Crazy. You exactly. cannot have any, any affinity for or positive no, feelings. I couldn't look him in the eye. <laughs> I watched every game. And when they put him on the screen, I looked away. For 25 years, I looked away. It's amazing the juggernaut that he built, and they had very few down years. And the down years they had, he conveniently had back injuries. But we're not going to talk about that. Uh, no, but it's Steve, for people. The one, let me add this one thing because you got to live this for a couple of years. We're going to talk about what some of that. Yeah. Did, what what he did was the guy swam through a riptide with with the presence of Dean Smith to not only trade point, yeah. haymakers with him. To, to put him on the canvas a couple times and dismiss yeah. credit, he got off the mat to, to, to you know, really end very strongly. His, actually, his record the last five years against K was very good, but nonetheless. I mean, Duke, in theory, has no more birthright to be this powerhouse than Wake or NC State. Correct, sir. But But they've built a brand, they've built a mystique, and the one thing I think that really keeps them going is they have such a unique environment that they're a juggernaut program with a 9,000 seat high school gym. That is mythical that they will never get rid of. And they got all the money from the endowment. They don't need to build a big fancy new palace like NC state plays in for revenue or everything else, which loses all that charm. So that's the, that's the beating heart of Duke as a brand. Totally agree. Totally agree. I mean, they've got the backdrop of this, this, this leafy, you know, su- yes. superior institution. But guess what? Hogwarts. Wake it's, does too. it's, it's Hogwarts basketball team. 
is what it is. But they get <laughs> they get NBA stars to come. I mean, their talent level is sick. But we'll see when they roll them out on Saturday night. I think it's going to be absolutely epic. Do you have a good feel at this point in the week? You know, strangely, I was with a, a couple guys this morning who are actually my business partners now who are lifelong Carolina fans, one of whom – now, you remember that back in the day, Carolina used to have this little manual scoreboard in the corner of the Yes, court. I remember yes, that. <laughs> this guy is a kid. Flip the numbers. No. I mean, this guy, yes. Yes. So anyway, we were talking this morning, and, and I am always one, including an illness so much so that I used to buy wins. I used to bet against Carolina to, to be willing to pay the loss. You're buying, you're buying, you're buying emotional victories. Yeah. Yes, gambling. <laughs> absolutely. That does the, not, the that does that not was. surprise me at all. Of course, you know, they could have that little flip scoreboard in the corner because when Dean was running the four corners, you didn't need a fancy scoreboard. It was like a kid's 10 year old game with the flipboard scoreboard. But, but the reason they had that scoreboard, by the why? way, if anyone's like, well, why? Because when he you when he used to watch film, he wanted oh. to know score in relation to possession and execution. Right. That's how meticulous he was. He wanted to be able to look at the screen and know the situation based on score. And you didn't have the overlay, right? The no, technology, he did not. yeah, was not the exactly. overlay. Exactly. Well, oh, there you go. I learned something new. So Gary and I, when we we met and we worked together at WFNZ in Charlotte, North Carolina, we had the absolute luck and pleasure to have this deal where our station manager, general manager, um, uh, Mike, uh, why am I blanking? Mike Kellogg. um, He got a deal with an RV company and wrapped the RV (laughs) with our station logo (laughs) and let us young punks drive it all around the ACC. And so we took trips with hosts and listeners to Cameron Indoor to the Dean Dome. We went to Reynolds Coliseum once for NC State, the old venue, which was the weirdest venue you've ever seen. We took it down to South Carolina, to Clemson for some football games. It was an absolute hoot, and we got to do all that. And we also worked with the son of Mark Packer. Billy Packer did afternoons, and Billy's or Mark Packer's shtick, I think I got that backwards. We worked yeah. with Mark Packer, Billy Packer's son, and Mark had this shtick on the air of keeping what he called the ACC <laughs> foul index card, and he would update it with every game that went by, and he would hammer home the fact that Duke was shooting more free throws, or no, Duke was making more free throws than entire other teams in the league shot as evidence of this great injustice in the officiating, and it drove fans fucking crazy, didn't it? (laughs) Absolutely. It was called the infamous ACC index card, (laughs) and he would update it after every game. Yes. And, And oh, by the way, I don't know if you saw the graphic on Saturday night in San Francisco. They used it. No! I swear to God, here is of old... In 2022, Jim Nance's voice speaking over the graphic, Duke has made more free throws this year than their opponents have shot. shot. I right. almost fell straight <laughs> out of my chair. Because that right, that's straight from what uh, Mark Packer used to hammer home. Now, to be fair, and I tried to make this point to no avail, most good teams have that profile. 
you could yeah. probably pluck that similar profile, but it sounds so unfair. It sounds so unjust. <laughs> and and look, Duke does get calls, and Shashevsky absolutely digs into these refs like a mofo. But they're a better team. They're going to get more fouls. Absolutely. I, I, yeah, and look, you know, Carolina Carolina's always gotten calls. And, and and it was it was it was Kay that challenged the establishment when he said that there is you know there's a double standard that exists in this league and that is when the Carolina Duke Cold War oh. set in 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 from basically you know eighty six to ninety five and it really and and until Dean retired at the end of of nineteen ninety seven. That was the Cold War, and I think it reached its head. I think it was the Cuban Missile Crisis at the Omni in 1989 when Carolina beat Duke and Danny Ferry 77-75 in the ACC final. It was a bloodbath. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, that, and, and then, you know, Duke became what Carolina was. And, and Duke is, and Kay has even admitted this, like, we became what I challenge, which was the establishment in yeah. this sense now. He, he'll do it sheepishly. But yeah, he became the, the, the standard that he was fighting against. I think what people don't fully understand is just how much of a cabal the ACC in its olden days really was. And Truly. the Tobacco Road Mafia, and this is how we do things. I mean, it was almost like Buford T. Justice in Smokey and the Bandit. You know, they knock out your headlight and say, I'm giving you a ticket. It's like, what the hell? I remember people bitching about Fred Barakat, the head of officiating of the yes. ACC and the assignments they would give. And then later on working in DC, talking to Gary Williams at Maryland, man, he would off mic, tell me about bullshit, this bullshit, that about, you know, how the ACC is still all about the three schools down there in the triangle and outsiders like us up at Maryland were treated like shit. And I just listened to it all and laughed. He's not entirely wrong, but you're saying Kay bent the curve. He kind of broke into that cabal when he began at Duke. He absolutely, he, he challenged it and it was either going to be, it was going to make him or it was going to break him. And he was almost broken, you know, obviously early on and got not, it wasn't just the Wagner game that he lost at home. They got eviscerated in the ACC tournament by Virginia by 40 with Ralph Sampson. And, and, you know, that was in year one or year two, I believe that was year two. Yeah. And, and so it would have been, you know, today, Goodbye. Goodbye, right. Tom Butters. You know, you can you can, you know, put on your suit of armor. They, they were going to break down the door and drag you into the moat and end you <laughs> right before they would end him. But yeah, no, you're right. I mean, your great memory about Fred Barraquette and, and listen, we would feel calls all day. Can you imagine t- taking calls all day about a guy who's not even calling the game? He's I know. the guy who's making the assignments who is the, for the three guys. And oh, by the way, those guys like Lenny Wirtz and and Froggy Papara and, and these guys who are who are actually Duke Edsel. Man, Bearcat done gave us Duke Edsel again. Hey, we ain't gotten a whistle from him in 30 years. That's how it was. That's how it was. was, And Gary Williams and preceding him, you know, Lefty Drizel, when Lefty won the ACC tournament in Greensboro, he said, I'm going to strap that trophy to the hood of my car like a hood ornament and drive all around the state before I head home. God. Do you know, do you know how much it hurts so much? So many people in the DC area, especially Maryland fans that they're not still in the ACC. 
It has to. It just is gutting every day of college basketball season. Nothing against the Big Ten, but we're a fish out of water. Don't belong there, and they miss all the old rivalries. But money rules, and that's just the way it goes. All right, I got a couple other things for you here, uh, and this has been great. Um, But uh, one of the other things I want to ask you about was Woody Durham, the longtime voice of the Tar Heels. Legend. Like legendary up there with the likes of Kaywood Ledford, who did Kentucky games forever. No question. All right, what yeah, about no, Woody no, Durham that you remember the most and what was his impact on the program? Well, you know, it's it, you know, Woody was one of my dad's best friends and so I got to play some golf with Woody and and he look, he was and interestingly enough, and this is bizarre, <laughs> but Bob Harris who did not have the profile that Woody had but because Duke became so good, Bob Harris who called Duke basketball and Woody Durham, they grew up together. Really? They grew up. Yes. They went to the same high school. Huh. They're in the same county hall of fame. But anyway, Woody, Woody was, look, his great first legendary call was obviously 82 and Michael Jordan made the shot uh, in the Superdome. But he was, Woody was very subtle, but very effective to, to, to the Carolina fan base to make them feel comforted on every broadcast that any slight was was always acknowledged. Any call that they didn't get, which was very rare, uh, was totally egregious. Uh, but he was a great, I mean, he was a great broadcaster. And by the way, his his son, Wes, is one of the truly elite broadcasters today. I mean, he, he is. And he's you know, he doing is, the games. He took over for dad. Uh, no, no, he's not. Oh, he's Carolina. not. No, he's not. He actually, for many years, did Georgia Tech. And and also did the Atlanta Falcons and still does the Atlanta oh, okay. Falcons. Okay, right, right, right. Okay, West Durham. Yeah, got well. it. Yeah. All right, who does so, Carolina games uh, on radio? Is, uh, Jones Angel, and he has Eric Montross, uh, who has his own chapters in in the great history of Duke Carolina, including I was in the building in '92 with when he had the cut under his eye. Yeah. When Leitner and those guys were 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 number one in the country. Carolina was improving with obviously it was it was Derek Phelps it was Brian Reese it was Derek Montross and they beat him that night 77 to 75 and Leitner missed a shot to tie the game and I was on Franklin Street that night and I remember Montross got in the mosh pit and they somehow had a a they had a mic out there and he said he said, I knew we could do this we're going all the way well they didn't they went all the way the next year but Montross has done the color work with Jones Angel, who was kind of like the, the the side like update guy for Woody there the last couple of years of his okay. career. Okay, very good. I'm pretty Carolina neutral. I'm sympathetic because I know you're a huge fan. Um, yeah. I'm kind of Duke neutral minus. I shade negative on Duke just because you got to because they're just such a power and, you know. Yep. So I kind of shade that way, but I will say this. The, the Carolina uniforms are flat out gorgeous. Carolina blue with the iconic diamond venting on the sides. Tell me they're never going to change that, please. I don't think that they will. And they, 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 they fiddled around, uh, with alternates. They out, yeah. They broke out the alternates, which I found to be an abomination, <laughs> uh, and, and totally offensive, 
Um, they went back. I thought the one that was okay was the interlocking NNC, yeah. which harkens all the way back to like the woolen gym days. Uh, but when you when you think about it, it was actually um, you know the, the the advent of that that diamond and kind of that that argyle. Yeah, the argyle they, look down the sides. Exactly that that obviously that did not exist for the the days of Worthy Perkins and Jordan. They won in the, in a, a more traditional uniform that was very similar to '57 when Frank McGuire's team won, and then that was ushered in uh, in the in the late '80s, and so the likes of Montrose and Dante Calabria and Phelps and Reese and and, and Jawad Williams and all those guys uh, they wore. Um, they wore that, and and I don't think that's going to change. I mean, that they have now made that. Like, if you look at the sidelines at Keenan Stadium and their football stadium, they incorporate they that, that in yeah. the end zone. Yeah, that that is that is now their iconic look. That's not going anywhere. What I don't want to see, don't you trot out some navy alternate uni because that is that is too close to the royal blue of duke university no you can't ever never go darker do that never go darker darker. (laughs) never go darker than that all right last question did they ever figure out what the ceiling is the roof means (laughs) michael Michael jordan on his trip back to uh was it what what was the occasion in which he said that in front of the faithful it was um I, i i'm not sure if it was a celebration uh, I, I don't know what particular team was being celebrated. They, they actually celebrated the 40 year anniversary of the 82 team this year. It wasn't 10 years. Maybe it was 10 years ago. That was the 30th anniversary. You know, that, that, that slogan that Michael said, that is one of the most nonsensical things I ever uttered is, is now when they come out of the tunnel at Keenan stadium, that's on really hurting. Yes. No kidding. Yes. yes they Here. use that now in, in imaging. YouTube has uh, the ceiling is the roof remix. Yes. The ceiling is the roof. The roof is the roof. It's the roof. Oh, my God. God now, my. what I want see the last thing. I, I don't know who's going to be in the building Saturday night at the Superdome. I think that there's going to be some Duke guys who are, who are going to feel gun shy because they were all in the in the building to see that funeral at, at Cameron, you know, a month ago. And they're going to be thinking, oh, wait a second. Are we going to do, are we going to tempt fate again? I think there's a good chance Michael's going to be there. But Ooh. I'm just hoping for some of my all-time favorites, Eric Meek, Greg Newton. I, I oh. want some of the all-time Duke flunkies uh, to be in the building on Saturday night. Eric Greg Meek. Kubiak. <laughs> Yes, that would be great indeed. Oh my God. I think most of my media brethren are softly, quietly rooting for the fairy tale ending with Uh, Coach K. I think they are. They don't want to admit it. I'm on the side of, I'd love it if Carolina says, nope again for the second time in a month and just ruins everything. Uh, So I'm with you on Saturday. Good luck, bud. Thank you, my friend. All right, pal. Five Clubs is the podcast to watch, listen, download. Uh, Gary's doing great stuff with it, bringing on high-profile guests, building and building. It's a great spot for all your golf stuff. Thank you, bud. Thank you, buddy. All right, we'll end on this. In light of the Chris Rock-Will Smith fight, somebody pointed out the following. Imagine a worldwide combat bracket. Mano y mano. How many rounds would you have to win? To stand atop 
the pile of the world's 7 billion people, whatever it may be in, if you just faced off, whether it was, you know, flipping quarters or punching each other out, how many rounds would you have to win to be king of the world? The answer, only 33 rounds. That's right, 7 billion people plus on the planet. You could do a whole bracket, one-on-one, winner advances, whatever you want to make it. It would only take 33 rounds to be the king of the world. It reminded me of one of my favorite bits from The Onion when they used to produce videos. Maybe they still do. I don't know what the state of The Onion is, but this was a classic about the Sports Center spoof they called the Steam Room, where they talked about expanding the NCAA tournament to an absurd number of teams. Get ready for more madness. The NCAA has announced it's expanding the men's college basketball tournament to include 4,096 teams. (laughs) We'll separate the contenders from the pretenders in this hot and sweaty edition of the Steam Room. This is the Steam Room, where only the strongest opinions can stand up to the heat. Alongside OSN college basketball analyst Joe Monticello, I'm Tim Devan and Joe. Welcome to the Steam Room. You ready to sweat out some answers? I'm ready, Tim. Then close the door before the steam gets out. The Steam Room <laughs> begins now. Joe, is this a good move for the NCAA? Great move, Tim. I love this idea. There are just so many quality teams out there that lost a tough game, couldn't get over that five-win hump, or haven't even played a game yet this season. And it's great that the league finally let them all in. Now, Division Two and three schools will be let in for the first time right. ever. Is this going to bring down the level of play? Absolutely not. Arkansas Tech had a great year. So did Flagler. So did, did Emporia State. Let's turn up the heat and talk about Eckerd. Look out for Eckerd. They got a full roster and they're having practices. So the league then will get to air next for a couple thousand games, and we're going to get college hoops all the way through June. June madness. <laughs> like Are you it. kidding me? It's great. I mean, but this this is really for the fans. Sure. I mean, they get to watch up to 500 games a day on OSN2 <laughs> and OSNU. Time for some predictions. The Central Kansas region's got 300 technical and vocational colleges. Who's your pick for the 637-678 matchup? Well, I have to tell you, I really like the online University of Liverpool. Do you think they can take the region? No, no, no. I think that's going to go to the Xenon International School of Hair Design. Oh, the whole town at Topeka was crazy for Xenon International. Unfortunately, they lost their star player, Cody Beak, last year. It's he graduated and became a bar. But they still have a very talented core, and I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see them show up in the fantastic 512 or maybe even the tremendous 256. All right, Joe, let's feed the boiler and get things even steamier. It's time for the final sweat. Can you handle the heat? I love the heat. Despite the NCAA's best efforts to include everyone, there are still some teams that got left out. Right. Who's going to be missed the most? Well, I would have loved to see Oxnard, California's advanced truck driving school compete, but sure. unfortunately, they didn't get their registration in for the tournament in Is time. Right? Their coach uh, misplaced the application. Terrible. So 4,097 slots next Hey, year. why stop there, right? Damn it, I love college basketball. You know you do, Joe Monticello, and you have survived the steam room. Open up the door and get yourself some air. Oh, God. The funny thing is... Uh, It would not take until June to do a tournament like that. I did the numbers, and you know me and math, it's always shaky, but I'm pretty sure about this. It would only take a few weeks longer. After one weekend, you'd be down to 1,024 teams. Uh, So that's two rounds there, starting with 4,096. And then after two weekends, you'd be down to 256. After three weekends, you'd be down to 64. And then three more weekends of the traditional tournament from there. So it wouldn't even take an extra month. It would be a six-week footprint. You would basically run it to May 1st or 2nd, roughly, and you could actually have 4,096 teams. But, of course, 
it would be pretty stupid. And I don't even think with all the Division Two, Division Three, and NAIA schools, you could get to 4,096. All right, let's see how we did yesterday in my daily who do you like tonight.com. I told you this is going to be a thing going forward. Uh, I had the Bulls last night, minus the five, and they got beat by the Knicks outright, 109 to 104. DeMar DeRozan had 37. Uh, they stopped him down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Uh, Knicks are going to miss the playoffs, but still pretty good solid win for them against a good Bulls team. But I'm back on the horse tonight. Going to take the Dallas Mavericks over LeBron and the Lakers. Why? Because it's always fun to get fun to bet against LeBron. Dallas minus 11 and a half. Who do you like tonight.com brought to you by my friends at mybookie.com. Open your account and get that sweet, sweet action. Make sure to use promo code ZABE. All right, that is going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for downloading. As always, please badger a friend that you might know about this show. Tell them how great it is, how much you love the podcast. Remember to subscribe for a full 1% status. It's a mere 5 bucks a month. You get 12 months for the price of 11 when you sign up for a year. And 5 bucks a month is less than your guacamole budget at Chipotle, so don't say you don't have it. Have yourself a great Wednesday, everybody, and we will see you next time. Just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. There is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.com. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come latelys. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know. In a million ways. Better lines, better payouts, less rules. You name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Now, make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money, but if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, fine. You can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today.